Inside the TARDIS, the Doctor and K-9 are playing chess, again, um, having a discussion about different chess master's moves, and Doctor plays a certain way, and he thinks that that match, chess master won, and K-9 disagrees and says, I wasn't programmed with all the chess tournaments of all the chess masters from 1912, I think he says, so. So they're having this discussion when Ramana enters and interrupts them with the little fact that they have a fourth segment to find. <laughs> Doctor's not very happy, but they're reminded that they have this job to do. He's like, we found half of them. I'd rather play chess. Um, but so she takes Tracer and finds their destination and materializes a TARDIS on the planet Terra. Tara. Um, and, and the doctor gets up and, and they take a look at the viewer and, well, Earth-like atmosphere and such and such, good oxygen, and he says, oh yeah, should be good for you. And she says, what? And he says, well, shouldn't you be, go change? So she says, oh, right. So she's, uh, wearing her long white gown from her first appearance on the rebus operation, so she heads to her quarters, her closet and clothes rack, and goes through uh, the teas apparently, and Tahiti, and picks them through, and through the grass skirt, and flowers, and something else, and then, oh, Tara, and so she grabs the outfit, and then we see the doctor in sorting through his closet, his cabinet, and he finally pulls out some pieces of a fishing pole and gets his fishing lines out. And so, oh, I haven't seen this. This takes me back or forwards. He hadn't used them since his days with Isaac Walton. That's more a historical name dropping on the doctor's part. Um, so we they get ready to head out of the TARDIS and um, she sees that the signal seems pretty strong and the doctor says, well have fun, I'm going to go fish. She goes, you can't just go out fishing and he spouts this um, official sounding rule that after so many hundreds of years he's allowed a 50 year break. And uh, he's, according to what? So he, he quotes some. Um, paragraph something, line, whatever, in the Time Lord's Code. Um, and he says, but he's only going to fish for a couple of hours anyway. Not 50 years. He'd be bored. So she says, well, okay, well, I'll be go get the fourth segment and I'll be back in an hour and you'll be ready to go. So she heads off across the a brook on the bridge and then through the grounds. Um, very lush green area and then into some trees with some very very uh, twittery birds and then she continues on tracer guiding her 
um, comes to a bushy area and she stops and listens. Is there some rustling and a little bit of growling noises coming around? But she continues on and finally gets to a statue, which uh, says looks to be a, a knight uh, standing over a dragon. She uses the tracer, and the turns out the dragon is the fourth segment, and she transforms it into its segment state. And as she picks up the stone, um, the segment, rather, a terrible, scary beast breaks out of the bushes and comes to attack her. And a, a man in a um, knight's type helmet comes comes out to her rescue and has a sword that seems to have an electric charge uh, to it and scares the beast away. And he asks after her and says, are you damaged in any way? She says, no, no, I just stumbled a little bit. And she says, I'm sorry, I'm a traveler. I'm, I'm new here. If I'm, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, are there many beasts like that? I, I thought Terra and Fauna was mostly peaceful. Um, he's uh, quite taken with her and looking at her strangely and examining her, kind of walking around, which is, I think, kind of putting her off a bit. Um, he also notices, oh, what an interesting stone you have. Um, she says, oh, um, yes, it's I just found it and he takes it from her, examines it and um, then he notices the statue and he goes over to it and sees that the dragon is missing and she says, oh, is it important? And he says, oh, well, it's just a, a family icon, family symbol and it's important to some superstitious rules but he bluffs it off and then they turn to go and she stumbles more and says, oh, says, you must have hurt your ankle. So he says, well, we can take, I can take you back to my castle. He, the point tells her that he is, um, those are his lands and his castle is not far away. And besides her stone, any new stones or crystals or minerals found on the planet need to be registered with the local you know, magistrate or lo local offices and she says well and who would that be? She says that would be me <laughs> so she says we can register your stone and I can have my surgeon look at your ankle so he carries her to his horse and she's never seen a horse before she asks well what is this? What, how does it go? and she I, says I don't know it's my favorite steed, she, he says, so they ride off. The doctor is relaxing, fishing. Um, well, we see his loo in the water, and then we see the doctor is actually lying on the bank with his hat over his face, sleeping. We see a, the tip of a sword come out to the brim of his hat, and the electrified um, blade causes sparks on his hat and so he wakes and there are two uh, swordsmen standing above him and the doctor jumps up and, and, 
say, well, you're on the private hunting grounds of Prince Reinhardt, and um, you're trespassing. They, the swordsman keeps threatening him with his sword, and he goes and batted away, and he, he touches it and gets the charge. So he mentions that, oh, how he grabs it from the swordsman and takes a look at the weapon and says, oh, interesting, and he's charging it. Comes from the base here in the handle and then gives it back. He's like, you know about these things? And so the older of the two says, do you know anything about androids? And he goes, he's so like, yeah, a little. And um, so they, uh, he says, they ask him to fix, they have an android needs fixing, and so he, would he come and work on it? And the doctor is uh, reluctant to agree, but he is um, persuaded by the electronic blade of the younger swordsman and says, yes, no, can show, yeah, show me where that android is. We see them, uh, Romana and Count Grendel have reached Castle Graf. We learn it's actually Lee's castle. That's the interior. The, the gates are opened by a funny little, almost hunchbacked man. Um, we'll learn his name is Till. So we usher in Grendel's horse, and so they jump off the horse, and he tells someone to fetch Madame Lamia, his surgeon, for them. So Grendel carries Romana into the castle and into uh, Madame Lamia's lab. The lab seems to be a mix of the medieval and the mechanoid because she's got some banks of computer equipment, but there's um, uh, some ornate decorations around the walls and tapestries and a kind of a, a tapestry um, bolster type uh, above this more modern looking uh, platform with outline of a body on it that's like hard plastic. Um, so it's a very interesting mix of style. So Lamia enters and she and the Count are both um, booing over, over Romana. He says, oh, it's a remarkable job. Who, I wonder who created her, who created it? And Grendel says, well, the real question is why? And she says, oh, I don't, I leave politics to, to others, to my betters, she says. And so as they're talking, Romana's like, hey, what are you talking about? And she goes to, to get up and Grendel says, restrain her. And Lamy has a button and some big metal bands come out from the table across Romana's knees and across her torso. So she is trapped on the table. And then uh, Grendel says, well, it doesn't matter why they've created her. We, we can use her. We can cannibalize her for parts. And she goes, what parts? And he, he goes over to her and grabs her by the chin and says, I would like to keep the head, though. It is quite a remarkable job. The doctor is uh, inside a, uh, 
a large uh, room with a large uh, like farm table. There's more of a rough hewn feeling to this room rather than the, the opulence of the castle, uh, but still has the feel of the um, medieval period. And the younger swordsman, swordmaster Farah, um, is standing guard. The doctor is pacing around as he walks around with Scarf, of course, dragging behind him. Um, doctor as he passes Farah, as he touches nose or or uses scarf to like um, wipe off his his nose or something, and then as he walks past, his scarf's behind him and Farah stands on it. Uh, you're standing on my scarf. Oh, am I? And he uses his sword to burn the scarf and to separate what he's standing on, which incenses the doctor just as the prince enters with his uh, older sword master, um, um, Zardek. So they come in and uh, the prince talks to the doctor about this deal of fixing their android for them. And uh, if he fixes the android, then he'll be, of course, free to go. Says, I can pay you a thousand gold pieces and the doctor says, oh, you can't buy me for money, 500. And but it's for a lower price. But he still is reluctant to fix the android and tries to leave. Uh, when he says that he'd be free to go. He's like, but you have to fix the android first. So the doctor goes in to take a look at it. And it's a, uh, a body stretched out on a chair. And there is a, a, a panel removed for the face so it's like open-faced robot um, with eyes pictured in and a bunch of wires so Romana um, is on the table uh, Lamia is drawing a line across her throat to show where she's going to cut um, she has kind of an electronic knife and Romana stops and says where I come from you don't cut off a person's head to cure their ankle so Lamy is very interested what do you mean ankle so she, he's, she says he sprained, she sprained it um, Grendel passes it off but Lamia examines her and is surprised to see that it's swollen and then they both look and they're very um, shocked to find that Romana is real and not the man doctor examines the prince's android and asks, you know, well, can you fix it? He says, well, maybe. I've seen better, but what's it going to be used for? So the prince and Zardek um, tell the doctor more about it, and they show that the face it needs to wear is one that matches the prince. And they say that tomorrow is the crowning ceremony for him to become king. Um, there are certain contenders for the throne, the prince being one of them, and if he uh, appears at the appointed time, he will be coronated king. But they suspect that Count Grendel will 
try to prevent them at every cost from getting there. And so then, um, because the only other contender for the throne, Princess Strella, is missing, Count Grendel could then claim the throne for himself. Um, so they want to use the android, who the doctor uh, insists on calling George, uh, use George in the prince's place to um, fool them to think that he is uh, he is a real prince to draw their fire so that the real prince can sneak into the castle to the coronation room and be there in time. The uh, doctor says, well, it has been done before. So back at the, the lab, Ramana uh, is watching Grendel and Lamia talk and she quietly hides the tracer up the sleeve of her um, tunic and Lamia comes over and just, she resists but um, Lamia grabs her arm and injects her with drugs and gets her out. We see the prince addressing the doctor and the others and um, others in the room that we haven't really panned into to see saying this is a nice job and kind of goes on and says thank you and I bid you good night and gets up from the table and walks away walks past the real prince and we see this is the, the working android that the doctor has uh, has finished the prince uh, has him Zardek pay the doctor he puts his gold pieces in a bag on on the scarf that's across the table and the doctor pulls it to him uh, so they say well let's celebrate and bring wine and so they've uh, they all pour wine and toast the doctor starts to drink some so they have to refill his, his cup and then the prince makes another toast finalize and say thank you and so they all drink and the prince there's something wrong with him and he puts his cup down and looks very faint and then falls across the table drugged Farah tries to pull out his sword and he's overtaken with the drug as well the doctor is the last to fall he manages to get across the room and to the door and opens the door before he falls to the ground. And there stands Count Grendel. And we end. There we go. Sorry. We don't end until you say. And we end. <laughs> and we end. I really like Android's attire. It's the heraldry and the castle and castle um, that gets me you know only a model <laughs> but um, there are not that there are not not that uh, it's without issue upon seeing it again but no, just I, didn't, I didn't see too much that I no, could take issue with though there are just little things that are very Dr. Whovian mm-hmm like the terrible beast that jumps out from the uh, bushes. Yeah. That would be one of the parts that 
you have to have trouble with. Yes, it, it kind of looks like thing one and thing two a little bit, but just with black hair and his weird little masky face. I can see that, yeah. Because it, it was a small person in it, or a child, I'm not sure. Um, but really? That's scary? You've seen a Shrivenzal, for goodness sake. The Shrivenzal looked better. Yeah. So what does that tell you? It, luckily, you don't see it for very long before Count Grendel whacks it back with his sword, and then everything's fine again. But yeah, the the, the beast. I had forgotten about that part when you're yeah, watching. It's I like, had oh to. gosh, yes. Looked like a, a really. It looked like a kind of sophisticated costume for a child's Halloween costume. Yeah. But not, not good for television. <laughs> you know. Um, and the the walk through the forest and the greens to even get to the beast before that happens was really long. <laughs> She's walking. She's still walking. Yeah. She's walking through the trees. She's walking some more. Um, and the birds are really, really chirpy. They're very loud. They're very loud. Very twittery. Um, it, it is really kind of a weird distraction. <laughs> These really loud birds. Mm -hmm. And this really long section where she's walking away. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just so gallant the way that Grendel comes to her rescue. I mean, he's got his his uh, helmet on and his rapier, and um, he's very interested in her. And but it, it kind of twists where you know he you know that he sees something strange about her. Mm -hmm. But we don't really know why yet. And right. we still don't know why yet. Um, except for the fact not that... Entirely, not entirely. Not anyway. entirely. Well, at but that point, we, we have to know there's a reason he thought she was an android. Yes. That she couldn't be a live person. Right. So there's this uh, mystery of that that we get introduced in this story. So it's a good, a good start. No, it was a very good start. I'd forgotten how much I liked this one actually because mm -hmm. I didn't remember which you know the specifics of it because mm -hmm. it's been long enough yes and since then, I saw it last and actually this one I I did not get to see the full story that many times my videotape got damaged <laughs> I partly recorded over or something so it would come in gotta break the tab I know <laughs> it would come in like at one point, I think it's actually another episode farther on, but it's like it would fade out and then there would be this segment of, which I think it was like something like the Dave Edwards show or some other British mm, comedy, yeah, British yeah. Uh, sketch show that I had um, came through and then it would pick up later on. So I didn't get to see it's, it in its entirety that many times as much as I did the other ones. Um, but yeah, I really do like this one. And then once we get to the prince and Prince Reinhardt, he um, he has his own 
um, guards and, and you know swordsmen and stuff about him and uh, they're very protective of their prince and all but it, it's in the face of all this serious heraldry the doctor is so he brings his flippant humor mm-hmm. when he's um, fishing or snapping they burn the edge of his his hat and his I think they burn the scarf or something of him and uh, he takes such great offense at that <laughs> and then messes with Farah. It just cracks me up. I could I forgot what he does when he walks, but does he straighten his helmet or something? He picks a little bit of oh, lint off, his, off his, chest his chest plate or something like that. That's what it was. As he walks by and then as he, he turns away, then Farah steps on his scarf that's <laughs> trailing behind him. It's like, hey, I forgot to mention then the doctor's so mad about that uh, cut burning and cutting burning of his scarf. Scarves. If you don't stop burning my scarf, you're going to have to kill me. <laughs> and that's when the prince comes in. And uh, then the whole plan that they have with their android is... Uh, like the doctor says, has been, you know, known to have happened before. He knows it. Right. A royal political intrigue and such. Well, and more the the use of a double. Yes, the use of a double. Is really what he's talking about. Not the android part, but the use of a double in, yes. in this situation. So, uh, And the doctor recognizes that and says... Uh, I do think it was um, really fun. It harks back for me when the prince is uh, lauding the doctor for doing such a good job with his uh, fixing his android for him. And then the doctor says, oh, well, if I had had the proper tools, I could have done a much better job, which the third doctor said often. He always said, you know, said, well, I, if I don't have the, clo- the proper equipment or the proper tools and... You know, which is mostly to the brigadier because he was reliant upon the unit to get him his tools and his equipment and such. Right. But he'd always want a list of equipment or a list of tools, and you know. So it just made me think of that. A little nod to the previous doctor. Yeah, I made the comment actually during the episode. I don't know if I'd ever noticed how much. Prince Reynard looks like the Brigadier, especially in profile. Yeah, his profile is uh, really... And I know it's at least partly the mustache Yeah. and the nose and the hair. Mm-hmm. And Dark they just hair. make that combination, and probably his eyes too, but I didn't notice that as much. Not so much. But they go together to make enough of the Brig's profile mm-hmm. that he looks like the Brig when he's standing side yeah. on. Yeah. Which makes me kind of miss Brigadier. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I think for the most part, the scenery, um, the, the set pieces, I, I know I talked a bit about how Lamy's lab looks and versus the uh, more uh, bare 
boned um, rooms of the Prince Reinhardt. You know, we get the impression that he's not as wealthy uh, as the Count, because mm. the Count has the castle and the grounds. Right. And the Prince does have his uh, private hunting grounds, and he has an estate, but it seems a bit more simple and more modest, but still of the style that would make you think of the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. Except for <laughs> their drinkware, when they're toasting with the wine. Um, first of all, it's the, uh, the empty cup syndrome, <laughs> empty pitcher syndrome. Yes. You know that they're not really pouring anything. Um, but when they all collapse because they've been drugged, unfortunately some of the cups hit the floor and you hear that, that plastic oh, yeah. tinkle. Yeah. It does not sound like a metal goblet no. hitting the ground. Um, and maybe if it maybe it fell by accident off the table. <laughs> but it it doesn't help <laughs> that scene um, any by hearing that terrible plasticky noise well, bouncing it, across the floor. It just goes to prove that the cups were empty too. Well yeah. Nothing gets spilled. Because had there been any weight in them to start with, really they would not have bounced like that. Well, there's that they too. They would have just hit and rolled, probably. But also, there was no mess. No, no mess. And maybe that's why they left the cups <laughs> empty. Maybe. <laughs> they knew they were going to fall on them. Exactly. Because they were drugged. <laughs> I did love how <laughs> Dr. Thing, referring to the android as George, he pats them on the shoulder the android laying there is a George here and then gets the prince to say it too as he, they're relating more of their plan and their story than it, exactly we send George I mean the android copy of me <laughs> <laughs> doing that the way he says George just of course makes me think of Looney Tunes huh? George well no, I was thinking of Looney Tunes. Him I would love him and squeeze him. I would call him George. George. <laughs> okay, I'm in my head right now. I am a Looney Tunes kid. Um, anything else for you? Nothing I can think of right now. What do you think about the, the chess matches they talk about? You know more about the chess masters than I do. Oh, was, I think that was all fine. I do find it funny that the doctor, a time lord, was playing chess with a clock. I find certain <laughs> irony in that, but that's, <laughs> that's just me and my weird sense yeah. of humor. And then K-9 reminds him about the clock, too, at some point, so he hits it. Well, and I have to say, I did wonder how Canine was actually going to manipulate the clock when he makes his move. Of course, that also brought up the question, well, how is he going to make his move? So he tells the doctor. Turns out the doctor makes it for him mm -hmm. but and operates the clock, which has got to be illegal somewhere. <laughs> Thank you.
I missed a bit in the, in the production notes. They were saying, I saw a part, they're talking about the names, um, something about Reinhardt, which I missed, and then the name of Lamia, of course, who's a, a blood-sucking spirit yep. in Greek mythology, I believe, or Greek folklore. Um, uh, I want to say it was actually Irish. I, oh. But I don't remember. This could be. Well, they said that the the name Tara was the capital of Fairyland yep. in Irish folklore, which I have read in uh, various. Oh other no, it was Greek. You're right. Other uh, paranormal fiction that I have read where they've mentioned different fairy types, and I've heard that that Tara was a fairy um, capital or city of some kind. But I didn't remember what, I didn't see what they said about Reinhardt. It was actually from a book. Uh, I think it was an old French book. Um, oh, was it Reynard? Something, something like that. Wasn't he the trickster? A uh, Reynard is a fox. A fo- okay. So yes, it probably was a trickster of some kind, because foxes are generally considered tricksters in okay. um, storytelling. He's known for that in, is in Fables, Reynard the Fox. Mm, right. Yep. So. Okay. Fables, the comic book series, you mean? Yes. For those who don't know. Yes. And if you don't know, you should know, and you probably should read it. They're very much fun. Mm-hmm. Just a, a very good first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're our ending. We kind of have. Well, there's a little bit of a double e- uh, ending because, um, well, Romana's been drugged. We don't know what exactly what fate's going to befall her. Right. But that happens right before the real ending. Um, where everyone gets drugged, and then they see that Grendel is right there. So, gee, I wonder who did it. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing it was the the um, behest of Grendel, Count Grendel, the the prince's main adversary. So, um, so a number of things he could do. You know, he's there and they've all passed out being drugged. So. You know, is he gonna is he gonna take all of them prisoner? Is he gonna kill them? Is he gonna? Well, we doubt kill them because the doctor's with them. Right. Um, will they find the android? Um, so a lot of things could happen. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of options for which way the story may go. Which makes it a pretty good ending in that case, because we don't really know, can't really see a clear path of right. what's going to happen next. So that makes for an interesting a, ending, a, anyway. Yeah, <clears throat> a better way to end when you have a certain period of time between before you get to see the next. You know. What about you? I think it's a good ending in, in that respect anyway. 
there's no, you know, it's not going to happen the way they want you to think it might. Oh, that they've all been drugged, poisoned, or going to die. Right. But like you say, there's so many different ways that it can go that those are always the better uh, endings, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Okay. Is that it? Yeah, looking forward to the next one. Alright. Join us tomorrow when we talk about episode two of the androids of Tara. So join us then, and thank you for listening.